Welcome to the Mindset, Mood and Movement Podcast. My name is Sal Jeffries and I integrate psychology, the body and breathing to help people feel calm, confident and strong. Hello and welcome. Dealing with stress is something that I tackle a lot with a lot of people. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about one particular aspect of stress that comes up, and that's feeling overwhelmed. Do you know the feeling where there's too much to do? There's so many things on the to-do list, and there's that ever-growing pressure, and it's it's really, a, the world is overwhelming. You know, it's really too much, and it's a common pattern, particularly in the workspace where there is a lot to do, a lot of demands, there can be a lot of pressures, a lot of expectations. And feeling overwhelmed is a really big um, cause of a lot of people's stress. So if this is if this is going on for you, then this episode is going to try and tackle that particular nuance of stress and perhaps how it comes about. And some really helpful strategies about what you can do about it and how you can perhaps change it. So first and foremost, let's check in with what that is. The feeling of overwhelm, it's, well... There's a there's a metaphor which I've seen before, and it's a really nice one, which is imagining a bridge, and you, you've built a bridge, and over the bridge goes, uh, you know, some lorries and some trucks and stuff forth, and it's fine, the bridge is okay, you can handle it, it's built for that weight, and yet then, you know, there's there's more traffic going over, there's cars as well, and there's motorbikes, people, uh, <laughs> and more and more and more stuff, and, and, and then suddenly the bridge is overloaded, and it's just under pressure, it's heaving with the weight of the traffic. And of course, if it's too much, it would collapse. And in many ways, our mind-body system is quite dissimilar to the metaphor of the bridge or the analogy of the bridge. Then we can take a certain amount of pressure. We can take a certain amount of workflow and a certain amount of tasks. But when you keep layering things on, adding more and more, that overwhelmed feeling can build. And it's something I see a lot with founders. It's something I see a lot with uh, executives and and people in the workspace where there's the job, the thing you do, right? Whether it's whatever type of job it is, it doesn't matter, but whatever the job role is. And then there are all the incessant pieces, all the communications in modern world, tweets, emails, Insta posts, LinkedIn things, and so on and so forth and interruptions. And you know, from a bit of brain science, we get what is called, uh, we have cognitive load, i.e. there's so much that our brain can take before it overloads. Now, back in the day, when I was a young lad, there wasn't um, any electronic communications. I'm really old, by the way. (laughs) When I started, there was none of that. You know, now we've got comms everywhere. I mean, I can literally walk and take an office with me with my phone. You know, I've got email on there. I've got all my social media I've got my website, I've got access to my podcast, you know, literally I can be in the field and have my business running. And that's both a gift and a curse. And one needs to be really discerning about how much stuff you're taking on, how accessible you are to other people's demands. And certainly things like technology, you know, email is one of the things that's cited time and time again for people as a stress. And like, oh, I've got all these emails and I'm busy. And, you know, there was some uh, research done which looked at the interruption time of perhaps uh, a ping from an email or perhaps even a tweet or another notification. And the research was found to be around 23 minutes of focus time is lost every time an alert comes through. 23 minutes, it's literally mental. So if you are, uh, let's say, writing a document in your field of work 
and an email pops up on your screen because you've left your email software running, your attention is not fully back on what you're doing for 20 plus minutes. I mean, that's such an ineffective amount of brain power. And of course, this attentional overload is what I'm seeing is a subtlety because you're probably very capable. You're more than capable of doing your job. You're good at it. You know, you can find a way. But it's this constant thing. And the amount of noise is a very big problem. So you might be sort of chiming with that right now. You might be thinking, yeah, God, that kind of feels in. So there's some really strategic things to do. But one of the first things to do is understand the psychology around this, which is about boundaries. Now, boundaries is a word that we, we use in psychology a lot. Uh, some people totally get it. Some people don't. So let me embellish. Really, it's about saying, okay, well, that's okay. And that's not okay. Or yes, I'll do that. No, I won't do that. So there's a clear delineation between one thing and another. And a lot of the time, I notice that people's boundaries are a bit slippy. They're taking on too much. They're like, oh, I'll do that. Or I'll, I'll just let me take my phone call. My emails are running. The boundaries aren't there. And, you know, I worked with someone recently, and we, we had the very this particular challenge. And some of the strategies at play were this. The rules of the game were that we, we made up to help this person be less stressed. You check email three times a day only. I know, horrifying, huh? Three times a day, specific times on your timeline, not other people's. The second piece we did for that was they were like, oh, yeah, but what if people really need me? Well, we put a we put a footer on the email because you can. And it says I only uh, access emails at 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. or whatever the chosen time is. Or you have three points, whatever that is. And if you really need me, you can send me a message on this mobile, for example. Or you can contact my... Um, secretary or assistant or something like that you don't need to be that available the software gets turned off on your computer so there's no pings no alerts the same with the phone flight mode so if you're doing deep work 90 minutes 120 minutes is the circadian rhythm of the brain phone goes off you do not need to be accepting calls and if you do then maybe you need to kind of carve out the time but a little bit of strategy like this will really start trimming down that overwhelm but we need to go under the surface. We need to look at the emotional boundaries. There's a reason why people take on too much. And I've done this with someone where we were working through the strategies, just like I've said, we, we put these things into place and they came back into a coaching session and they said, well, I said, how did it go? And I'm like, yeah, not so well. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, well, what happened? And they found that there was this unconscious desire to please people to say yes and like oh i'll take on lots of work from clients and i'll accept things from colleagues and so on and so forth and they were unable to say no and when we dig a little deeper into this and you may resonate with this one you dig a little, little deeper into like yeah why am i why am i unable to say no to things can be several patterns i don't like conflict yeah avoiding conflict can be a big one wanting to make people happy or Please, people, it's another one. Unclear on what matters most to you and what isn't relevant, you know? So some of these kind of patterns, and you get a little deep, you slow down for a minute. Perhaps you're doing this now as we're, we're, we're talking this through and thinking, yeah, what is it? What is it that's stopping me? Or what is it that I don't have in place to put in a healthy boundary or two or more? <laughs> yeah, what is it stopping me? You know, there's an old story, you may have heard this one, and it's a lovely one. It's about really, uh, there's many versions. The one I heard was um, 
there's a teacher and he's got his class and there he is at the front he's got a big big jar a big glass jar and he's got some rocks on the table and he picks up some big rocks he puts them in the glass jar and it fills it right to the top and he asks the students he says is it full and of course they're like yeah it's full we can see and then he reaches for some smaller rocks that they hadn't seen and he starts to sort of pop those rocks in they were filtering down in between the big rocks and dropping through into the middle and all the way up to the top he looks at the class again and he goes is it full and they yes it's full now we can see he reaches for another bag and gets some pebbles pours them all in they fall down between the cracks and the crevices and so forth all the way to the top is it full he asks they start to get a bit confused thinking i'm not sure he pulls out a bag of sand, pours it all in, pours it all into the top and goes, is it full? And then someone stands up and says, it's definitely full now. I can see it. There's no more space. And the sweet part of this story, he reaches for two cups of coffee and pours it in the top. And they go, what's with the coffee? <laughs> and he said, well, let me explain. The best way to address life is to deal with the big rocks first. If you deal with the big rocks first, everything else can come after. If you do with the in, you know, the small stuff, the sound of that, you won't get your big rocks taken care of. You won't be able to fill the jar. And then a student stands up and says, but what's with the coffee though? <laughs> and he said, ah, he said, make sure you're never too busy not to stop for coffee with a friend. And it's a beautiful story that we can get caught up in so much stuff and we're not discerning and we're working on the wrong things. Slow it down is a really simple strategy discern what is my big rock yeah what are the things i need to get done and i'm going to borrow from um greg, greg McEwen, uh, who wrote essentialism highly recommend the book super 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 book really good he came up with a uh, strategy which is instead of a to-do list i bet you've got one <laughs> he said create a done for the day list yeah done for the day so if you've gone, and I have three things in my day, I have three big rocks that I always aim to do. And then I might have a couple of smaller rocks, but the three are the big rocks. Am I done for the day list? If I've nailed those three, if the other pieces don't happen, that's okay. There's no stress. I'm okay with that because I've made some peace. I've made some boundaries and a lot of work gets done. So you might want to take uh, Greg's uh, example there of the done for the day list. Because the to-do list never gets done, right? It's always going to fill up. So you're you're chasing a losing battle when you increase your feeling of overwhelm. So big rocks first, done for the day list. Set some boundaries, practical, physical, time boundaries, you know, email boundaries, communication boundaries, and being able to discern when to say yes to something and when to say no. If you aim to put some of the strategies in place, I almost guarantee your stress levels will significantly reduce because you've taken away the very essence of the problem, which is overwhelm too much. So I hope that's helpful. Uh, as always, you can reach me on Instagram and LinkedIn uh, at Sal Jeffries, S-A-L-J-E-F-F-E-R-I-E-S, or my website, saljeffries.com. Do uh, get in touch if you want to uh, extend the conversation or learn more. And I look forward to sharing more thoughts and uh, stress-reducing strategies on the next one. Take care.